the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. How many of you have ever heard of Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice? You don't count. There's a good reason why you probably have never heard of him. Let me read the text. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So, Joseph's claim to fame is he was bypassed twice to be an apostle. We hear in our text that after the death and resurrection of Jesus, the disciples felt they needed to replace Judas so that there would again be the 12 apostles. So they nominated two men, Matthias and this Joseph called Barsabbas. They were nominated because the apostles felt they were both qualified in this regard. They were there from the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, his baptism, and followed Jesus throughout, right through his ascension into heaven. So they cast lots, which was the Old Testament way that God's people tried to find out what, what is God's will and decision. So they cast lots, and Matthias is chosen. Interestingly, this is the last time God's people cast lots. Probably because, shortly after, came Pentecost. When God would pour out his spirit on his people. And now his spirit would lead and guide his people. So, Joseph is bypassed. Left out, not chosen. But it wasn't the first time. After all, shortly after Jesus begins his public ministry, he gathers a bunch of people around and he chooses the twelve. Joseph is not chosen. He could have been chosen in place of somebody like Judas. He could have been chosen maybe in place of someone like Thomas, who would later be called Doubting Thomas. But no, he wasn't chosen. Do you think he was disappointed? 
You'd have to say, humanly speaking, he probably was. Who wouldn't be? But the interesting thing was, he didn't let that disappointment interfere with his relationship to Jesus, did it? Because he was nominated three years later to be an apostle. Because he did follow Jesus throughout that three-year period. So he didn't go off in a huff. He didn't let his disappointment cause him to forsake Jesus. He continued to follow Jesus. And that is why I believe that even though he wasn't chosen the second time, I believe Joseph continued to be an active witness for Christ, an active servant of the Lord. And yet think about this. While he may have been disappointed, think about the things he did experience. Think about how he was privileged. First of all, even to be nominated to be an apostle, that's a pretty nice thing. But more importantly, think of what he saw and experienced over those three years. Now, we don't know for sure that he was there continuously, but you get the impression he was there quite a bit during that three-year period. And he saw miracles. He saw the miracles of Jesus when the lame, the blind, the deaf, the sick were healed. He saw the hungry fed. He may have seen the dead raised. He saw Jesus reach out to the outcast and show them love and mercy. He saw sinners forgiven and redeemed and saved. He traveled with Jesus. He ate with Jesus. He was there to firsthand hear Jesus' teachings, his sermons, his discussions. He was there when people, including the apostles, would ask him questions to find out more information. And he was there to hear it. What a privilege. He, in all likelihood, was there in Jerusalem for the trial and the crucifixion of Jesus. And he was there on Easter when he saw Jesus alive, risen from the dead. And he was there to see Jesus ascend into heaven. Yes, he wasn't chosen to be one of the twelve. But my, how blessed he was. You and I might even be a little jealous. <laughs> that we would have loved to have walked in his shoes. Even though we wouldn't have been one of the twelve. And like the twelve, he probably didn't fully understand what the ministry of Jesus was all about. It wasn't until later. After the resurrection, after the ascension, after the pouring out of the Spirit, when the disciples suddenly began to understand and were taught, the death of Jesus wasn't some terrible accident. This was God's unique plan of redemption and salvation for all humanity, including Joseph, including the twelve, and technically including the whole world. Because Jesus didn't just die for the twelve or for his followers. 
But he died for the sins of the whole world. He came to understand Jesus loved him. Even though he wasn't chosen. He understood that Jesus forgave him. Maybe for even being a little unhappy. That Jesus didn't choose him. And the apostles didn't choose him. And he knew that Jesus had promised him. That he would be with him forever. Including going to prepare a place in heaven for Joseph. Yes, he had quite a life. Quite an experience. Even though he was not one of the twelve. Now, why am I preaching about this guy? He's a minor little character, a footnote in biblical history. Why? I think it's kind of important. Because it brings us to our life. And it's time for a little honesty. Haven't we all at times been disappointed with God's decisions for our lives? Haven't we sometimes thought, what if God had done this? Or, why didn't God choose me for this? Why didn't God make me a super athlete like Michael Jordan? Why didn't he give me a super IQ that I could have invented the computer or started Amazon? Why wasn't I born into that super wealthy family where the kids had everything they wanted? Or think about all the Christians around the world who think, why wasn't I born in the United States the way you and I were? Why wasn't I chosen for that sports team or for the cheerleading squad? Why did my favorite university, my first choice, choose not to accept me? Why did this other person get the job and I wasn't chosen for it? Or why did this other person get that promotion and not me? Why wasn't I chosen for that promotion? Why didn't that young man or young woman I was so attracted to, why didn't he or she like me back? Why couldn't My spouse and I have children like most other couples. Why wasn't I elected to be president of my club or my community organization? Or why wasn't I elected to that position in the church? Or why wasn't I chosen by the electorate to serve in some political office? Pastors, too, can say, why didn't God choose me to get a call to that congregation I really wanted to go to, but never got the call? Why? How easy for us to feel rejected, to feel disappointed, to feel slighted, to feel left out, to feel unloved. Why didn't God choose me? For those special situations. 
And just like with Joseph, God doesn't tell us why. Joseph never knew in this life why he wasn't chosen to be an apostle. And so also we will not probably find out in this life why we were not chosen for all those special situations we wanted in life. But we hope and pray that our disappointment, our frustration, will not interfere with our relationship to Christ. That's what Joseph teaches us. We can be disappointed. We may not like the decisions God makes for our life. We may do it a different way. But nonetheless, we are servants of the Lord. He is God. We're not. He gets to make the decisions. We don't. But also remember this. The Bible does teach us that God has chosen us. God chose you to be his son or daughter at your baptism. Now, let's be honest. Put all your wishes to be chosen for special situations in life on one side. And on the other side, put God's decision to choose you To be his son or daughter, not for a day, not for a month, not for a year, not even for a lifetime, but for eternity. Which would you choose? Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out, I hope. All those things would have been nice, but they're temporary. God's decision to choose us is for eternity. God chose us to be a part of his family, not just to be a person on the outside who's over there in the corner that we tolerate. God chose us to be a part of his family. God chose us so that he could love us, forgive us, care for us, empower us, lead us, forgive us, help us. God chose you. There's no greater honor, is there? No greater privilege than to be able to say, I am a child of God. And with that come all the blessings of heaven. All the blessings of heaven that the apostles received, that Joseph received, that every other Christian received. We're not left out of anything. We've been given everything. Everything that matters. God chose to lead you to this congregation. And God chose for you to hear about the life and ministry of Jesus. Yes, we are not eyewitnesses to the life and ministry of Jesus, to be sure. But through the word, through the worship services, God has chosen you to hear and to experience in the pages of the Bible... A lot of what Joseph and the apostles experienced. You're not left out of that. You've heard it. And you've experienced Jesus in your life. Think of the times you recognize the hand of God 
in helping you. In empowering you. In guiding you. And also perhaps curing you and healing you. Think of the times in your life you felt alone and God assured you of his presence. Think of the times you felt unloved and Jesus was there to assure you of his love. Think of the times you have felt the weight and burden of your sin and God was there. Jesus was there to take that load off of you by forgiving you. You've known and experienced Jesus in your life as well. And yes, like Joseph, God had a plan for your life. No, we're not all going to be presidents. We're not all going to be governors or senators. We're not all going to be billionaires. We're not all going to be sports heroes. We're not all going to be famous actors and actresses or singers or musicians. But God chose you to be his son or daughter in your life, in your unique situation. God chose you specially for your life, your past life, your current life, your future life. God has a plan and purpose for you. It may not be what you have chosen, but it's what God chose for you. And like Joseph, we may say, but I would have chosen something else. Well, perhaps. But someday, as we sit in heaven at the feet of Jesus, one of the questions we can say is, Lord, tell me why you chose that life for me. And he'll have a great answer. Yes, we don't know it now, but I think we'll know it then. Joseph didn't know it then. By God's grace, he knows it now, why he wasn't chosen to be one of the twelve. And you know what? That's okay with Joseph. Because he's in the glory of heaven. Where really it doesn't matter anymore whether he was one of the twelve. Are you left out? Are you overlooked by God? Have you been not chosen? Absolutely not. No way. God chose you to be his. He chose you to be his yesterday. He chose you to be his today. And he will choose you to be his tomorrow and every other day. With all the blessings that come from being a member of his family. Don't feel slighted. Don't feel cheated. Don't feel disappointed. Be thankful. Be honored that God chose you to be his. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, we human beings are weak and Oftentimes we ask why. We look around at other people's situations in life and we say, why not me? Why didn't you choose me for that? Well, you don't tell us right now. But forgive us for being envious and jealous. And send us your spirit so that we might have a strong faith and follow you 
in spite of perhaps our weaknesses and our disappointments. Help us to see how privileged and honored we really are that you call us your people, that you call us your sons and daughters, and that you have a unique plan for each of us to serve you in our own special way. Assure us of that each day, that we are loved, that we are forgiven, and that we are yours. In your name we pray. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.